the whole part of um, the first female bill was just show women in the automotive aftermarket side, yeah. right? Just to show what their jobs were. So this year on our 10 year, we're actually doing the same thing, but we're doing a lot of the mentorship that we're bringing. Like I literally just got off a call with one of the people that's um, sponsoring the exhaust system for it. And I said, I need the women that work for your company. Like I need a list of all the women that work for your company and what their jobs are. And he's like, oh, we have someone in an executive and we have someone in marketing. And I said, that's it. You have two men that work for your company. And he goes, no, we have a ton of women. We have women welders. We have people, women that run forklifts. We have no, women in shipping. I said, yeah, I need that list for all the women that yeah. work for your company. And he's yeah. like, really? And I'm like, this build is a tool because we're using it as a tool to highlight all the job opportunities that are out there. Sure. Not just what we can bolt on, improve that we can bolt on parts on a car or that we can, you know, that my sister can paint a car. We hey, welcome to Car Guy Confessions, brought to you by ARP. I'm Jeff Smith. This is my car buddy, Cam Bantu, and car builder, Steve Strope. And we're going to tell you some stories. All right, welcome to another episode of Car Guy Confessions with Jeff Smith. My friend, Cam Bantu, we have a special guest star today with Sarah Morosin. And uh, first we want to tell you, thank you again to ARP-Bolts.com, our friends at ARP for helping us out with this whole podcast. And we're uh, rolling. And we are, we have a, a new and we, and we, That's right, that's right. <laughs> so if it looks a little different, we're in an undisclosed location, but- um, That's uh, the same. It is still the same, <laughs> it hasn't moved. You just can't, you, but, but it looks different yes. because yeah. Right. Yeah, drop a pin. There we go. Very cool. Yes. Yeah, it is very cool. Nice? Yeah, yeah. Looks we good. almost look professional here, don't That's we? Right. Huh? Yeah. All right. So, Cam. Yes. We've uh, we've got a special guest star today. Today. Yes. That we should talk about SEMA and person of the SEMA year. SEMA person of the year. Yeah. So how does that work? <laughs> so so everybody who is a SEMA member votes, and and you get nominated. Someone nominates you. Yeah. Someone nominates you, and then there is an actual committee. Um, I think it's like a closed committee. Okay. Yes. And then they see how much volunteer work and how much work you put into the industry to make an impact um, out of the people that were nominated. And then they go from there. Oh, wow, outstanding. It's, a small, it's yeah. a small club. I mean, what is it? There's like maybe five people or three people. How many people? Are they oh, oh, the selection in the final, committee? In the final vote. Is yeah. it kind of like three or five? It's very small. Um, I have never been on the voting committee, uh, committee but I will be this year because once you are you on, there you once go. you win, then you're in yeah. it the following year. Yeah. But um, yeah, I believe it's about five people. 20 years ago, I worked for SEMA and I was doing the marketing and publications and all the other stuff that I you would expect. That. Yeah, I was. I, I was didn't there. know that. Only there for a How few did years. I not I know that? I worked with Chris Horn. Chris Horn. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. I, yeah, and Chris, uh, and uh, uh, Peter McGillivray. Oh, okay. When he first got there. Wow, so okay. So this is going back in time. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. But yes, it, 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 as far as I know, at the time that we did it, it was a small group, no more than five. Yeah. But uh, so, it's so tough to this get on was, that list. So this was based on a lot of things that you do for the industry. So can you give us yes. a little clue on what some of that stuff is? Um, yeah. So I've been volunteering uh, at SEMA now for 10 years. Wow. I started out... Um, Basically, on the first all-female build in 2012, I we were working with, um, I mean, working there with everybody and all the women and getting to know things. But mm -hmm. my sister and I, we build vehicles for the SEMA show. And one of the couple of vehicles we build were the WD-40 cars that were going for SEMA Cares. Okay. And um, we would build them with Mike Spagnola and with from at the time he was with street scene and he had told me that he's like, Hey, you should get involved with SEMA and start volunteering. And I was like, 
okay. So I looked at the list and I thought, <laughs> well, I fit in truck and off-road because that's where I love off-roading and trucks. And that's what we mostly build. Is, it's your family is business. It's family business. Right, so right. started a truck and off-road. I ended up terming out of there. And then I thought, well, where do I go next? <laughs> so then I... Um, ran for SBN, and so now I'm currently the chair-elect for SBN. And that and, stands for? Oh, that's the SEMA Businesswomen's Network, okay, which right. is uh, represents, like, the women in SEMA. Okay. Um, and then I also have, since 2012, also been volunteering for SEMA Cares as well, which is, like, the charity side of okay. SEMA. And I am will July 1st, I will be the chair for SEMA Cares uh, coming in. Um, and then I have volunteered probably I've been on probably about closer to 17 task forces I was on SEMA show committee um I'm also a a new products judge for SEMA so I just do a lot of volunteer work but most of it's because it's all things that I'm passionate about and I want to make an impact in the industry and people are always asking like how do you do that and it's really you have to get involved um, hear yeah, what the up. voices yeah. are and try and see how we can make changes. It's all uh-huh. the reason Jeff won't be SEMA <laughs> person of the year. <laughs> you just saw a complete blueprint of everything there needed to be needed to do all need, that. Yeah, all the things that I've never right. done. Right? Does it include moving to Iowa? <laughs> <laughs> that's probably not a good no, thing. Man, that's not going to help. Amazing. Right? Physical separation. I actually yeah. just got an invitation to to do some kind of a. I haven't told you about this. No. Uh, for and I don't know if it's going to work or not, but it's a, a to chair a. Um, discussion panel discussion at SEMA show about alternative fuels really it's like sounds interesting you know I'm an awful long way away (laughs) now but yeah maybe so because and you know um, and my first fear is so what if nobody shows up well Well, the great thing (laughs) we just we'll just hang out you know (laughs) <laughs> as long as I it's mean, not alternate lifestyles, you're yeah, okay. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's just because I did. <laughs> I just did that story on, yes. on Prometheus fuels and and synthetic fuels and and a little bit on hydrogen and stuff like that. So right. it's like my name probably just you know little little heartbeat yeah. there on the no, radar. It's good. So. Yeah. Well, the but, great thing about that, those are our SEMA education that is like really huge for SEMA right now because we wanted to bring more value to actual members besides. Mm-hmm just the show it's like once the show's over what value does SEMA have for our members and memberships okay. yeah so our biggest thing has actually been education um so those type of like even though there might not be a ton of people that show up because it's at the actual SEMA show mm-hmm. we've actually had really good turnouts because um and really good interaction on those um discussions uh-huh. but they're actually all recorded and then well, Sima, that was that was what I was going to ask if they yeah. just recorded it and then it would and then a lot more people have the opportunity to see. Yeah. It. So yeah. they're actually all housed on SEMA's website. OK. And then um, we just actually got approval that all of the education classes that we have now will be all turned into podcasts so people can actually listen to that's them. That's great. Yeah. Um, sure. Because everyone wants to listen to them. They just don't always have the time or to be there physically. Right. And it's right. all really great information. So sure. um, we are trying to push SEMA education a lot more on actually those type of things yeah because at pri for example um they do all these technical presentations and (laughs) i end up you know friends will say well did you see this show it's like no well you were there for three days yeah where the hell were you i was like well i was doing this seminar and dick maskin used to have a fantastic one ever i went religiously to those and and uh you know because it's like because you can get more out of that hour-long discussion than you can in a year of doing your own research because he's been there he knows he yep. knows what to tell you, what not to bother with, 
And, you know, and then he opens it up to discussion and he always, always get the exact same question every year. It was so right. funny. So after a while, he just says, oh, you're ready yeah. to get your, t- your question about rod length? Because yeah. that's going to happen. <laughs> he says, yeah, okay, yeah. You know, but yeah, it, was, it was still fun. It was great, you yeah. know. So, um, and so those things are really great. And, but there's, there's much more beyond just that. Yeah, right. definitely. And the reason they started having them at the SEMA show, it was just, it happened to be where everyone could be centrally to get all of like really great people that actually had information on those topics in one central location. So they started having them and housing them at the actual SEMA show mm-hmm. so that we could get everybody together. And we, yeah. and honestly, they really do put um, great panels together because it's our volunteer on our task forces that go out and reach and say, who do we know that knows this? Who knows all these information? And they bring those people in. So yeah. it's our volunteers that actually recommend you to come and be part of that okay. to the SEMA yeah. staff. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, how did you get started in all this? I mean, you're a young person. You've obviously been extremely successful. I mean, how did this all start? I, I don't know about success or uh, it's just like... <laughs> I just happen to keep you in the same place. That's okay. Hey, that's life, man. If you're in the right place at the right time, <laughs> yeah. magic happens. Yeah, magic that's, happens. Uh, yeah. We're uh, living proof of yeah, that. Yeah, we, we are. are. <laughs> it's not because we did this because yeah, we had any kind of talent. We yeah. were just... The room was empty. Went, I can do that. That's you know, right. The room was empty yeah. and we walked <laughs> in. That's right. You're our boy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, my biggest, for me, I mean... My sister and I, we grew up, obviously, with my parents had an auto body shop, and um, so we grew up surrounded in San Dimas, California. Yes, L&G Enterprises. And then um, when I was 16, I started Custom Truck Shop, which was the accessory side of it. And then later on... At 16? Yeah, we... Wow. I needed to make money. (laughs) My dad told me to get a job. (laughs) And and you did. There you go. I also drove a 70L Camino that had a ZZ4 motor in it. And I loved it. I completely restored it with my dad. He started when I was 13. Um, But it was also expensive for gas then. I mean, gas is only a dollar then. Could you imagine now at a 16-year-old? You really couldn't know. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Like the car still started looking pretty attractive at that point. Yeah. I know. But yeah, I had... I had my El Camino and I was going to all these car shows with my friends on the weekends and I was like, I can, I mean, I sit at the car shows all day long and I was like, I can sell parts here while I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) So I started selling parts. This is the entrepreneurial spirit. (laughs) Very smart. Um, So So I just have to ask this question because I know it probably comes up a gazillion times, but guys would walk up and go, is this your boyfriend's car? Yeah, and I used to always get it was my dad's car, my boyfriend's car, but right, I still get right. that today. But yeah, you know, yeah, which is unfortunate. <laughs> it, it's unfortunate. I learned a long time ago working for the magazine. You never ask that question. No, you know, of course not. No, yeah. because because you just never know. Yeah, you just don't know. And I, I know, and I mean, I still get it. And it's funny. I brought it that I brought it up the other day to somebody. Uh, they were like, "Oh, you know, how does it feel?" working in a, you know, man's industry. And I was like, well, honestly, I didn't know that until recently. Because <laughs> no one ever told me that I was a girl working in a man's industry. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm all, but, you know, now I'm seeing it a lot more. And I don't know if it's just because I'm more involved now, especially with, like, SBN. We have so many uh, women students that are coming in or women that are in the industry. And a lot of women bring up so many things that are, like, issues or things that they're going with and honestly I was just like I was I don't know if it's because it was my dad's shop you know but I walk around I go to the car shows and I thought I just had to prove myself you yeah. know yeah. everybody has to you know sure. you start talking and once they knew that I was knowledgeable and started talking about stuff they didn't really question me again about it and right. I just 
thought everyone just had to like prove that they knew what they were doing. Well, but part of that is, you know, coming from the man's perspective, it's the same thing when you're a guy, you know, you, you come in, you don't know anything and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pay your dues. You gotta wash all the dirty parts. You gotta (laughs) get the grease under your fingernails. You got, you don't complain (laughs) and you just do all the grunt work. And then eventually you get accepted because, and that's all they're, what they're the people that are sort of judging you, if that's the right word, it's more about, well, I want to see if you're committed. Yes. Because if you're not committed, I'm wasting you're my wasting time. You're wasting my time. You're wasting my time and right. I'm wasting yours. Go do something else. Go fly kites or something. So um, so you have to, you do. And that, that's universal, I think. Yeah. You know? and but I it's got to be harder coming from the female side. Well, and I think it was just, there was never any like talk about it because, I mean, I've always been around a lot of guys. So I just always knew that when I was around guys and they start to banter and say things like you just learned how to like talk yep. back and oh, yeah. be yeah. part of the yep. conversation oh, because sure. if you couldn't be a part of the conversation, well then you weren't, right. you know, you were sitting on the sidelines. So being in the shop wasn't any different. And I would tell girls like, they're like, Oh, they're making fun of me or something like that. I was like, well, that's great because they know that you exist right. and that you're there they're and that you're you. acknowledging <laughs> you. That's because, a good attitude to have. Like, yeah. And they yeah. do that with the other guys there. And, when you notice treat the guys the same way. Yeah. yeah and I was like, and th- when they notice there's a guy that they don't like, that's not worth their time in the shop. They don't talk yeah. to that guy. He, he, right. he and becomes like, invisible. He, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, so you either become the person they don't talk to and they don't think that your time is worth investing or they start doing this banter back and forth and they just want to see if you're going to keep up with them and you right. just have to. And I'm right. like, and that's just kind of where I always came from. Yeah. Now I'm hearing it a little bit more, but um, I think it's just because it's becoming more common of the girls coming into shops and places and they're noticing it. But yeah, yeah when I never really. So there's no limits. I mean, I, I've always I thought that and I, I try and tell my granddaughter the same thing. It's like, look, you know, you, you're only limited by your, yourself. Yeah. If you want to, you know, so you just got to figure it out. You know, if you want, if you want it bad enough, you know, right. and it's just like, <laughs> I, I don't know where you, where this comes from. It's something inside you that says I can do this. And that's half the battle, right? You know, to say I can do this. And then yeah. it's just a matter of learning how to get that, uh, that accomplished. Right. But if you never say that right. to yourself, then it's never going to happen. Right. And one of the big things too, for me, um, mentors in my life have been huge Huge. and I always tell everybody like it's not even just women that have mentors guys have more everybody has mentors and I'm like um we would we would not have survived in our industry without our mentors you all have uh, friends and you know people you can call you know whoever that is you know I say a Rolodex in my goddaughter that's 14 she's like what's a what, roll what, this ancient thing i finally after 30 years tossed mine out it was so hard to do right and i was like okay it's gotta go yeah, you know because right. it's useless it's because exactly. all the numbers in there are a, right? a gazillion years old i got all excited you know? when i had the fancy Sorry. one where you could like spin it oh see mine was like, the flat one oh the two, flat two, <laughs> it had nice. two tiers two, two to two it tiers. yeah i had the ones with the business cards that were all tucked in but you could never alphabetize anything no it was like, you know, no it was whatever uh, chronological yeah. order yeah so, that's so who, who, who are your mentors <laughs> who, who who should we uh, oh, call out to um yeah well mike spagnola is actually one of our my Great biggest guy. mentors. Sure. Um, I think he's always just been the one that just believed in my sister and I always telling us like that we can do it. Um, of course my dad, because my dad taught us. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, and then Pete Shapors was always like really, really? strong and really? saying things, sure. but like, um, he worked a lot more with like my sister, but when we worked on the AXC and doing stuff with the school, 
Um, he always made sure to make you always feel special by coming up to you and being like, you know, he would talk to us and he would tell me like, Hey, you're doing a great job. You're going to make an impact in this industry. Just keep it up. And this, you know, so it's like, that's pretty cool. He always would come and have that reassurance. Um, I mean, and same thing with like Alex Exidius too. It's like, he has so much knowledge and just being able to sit there and talk to him. And he tells you like, yeah, we went through all of this, you know, together and, He's always out there, and I think Gigi's probably one of the ones I reach out to a lot too right now. So Gigi about, Carlton, uh, Gigi Carlton, who, who yeah. is Mr. Peterson's secretary, secretary, but much more than that. Yes. And my and wife worked for her for a number really? of years. Yeah, for a number of years, really? so she worked for, and we've, you know, she's up uh, in Vegas. We stayed with her not oh, so long ago. Excellent. So, yeah. So so, we still so see Gigi. she was Mr. Peterson's secretary, so she was the one that you had to get through if you <laughs> needed to contact Mr. Peterson, which I never had to do get, that. Get through. There was no reason <laughs> to. But yeah. um, so you always think, you know, especially like the secretary of Mr. Yeah. Peterson's secretary and personal assistant and everything else. It's like. Yeah. She probably just, you know, and I was, my own personal experience with this was in the elevator yeah. and going down at 8490. And, um, you know, I knew who she was. Mm-hmm. I instantly knew who she was. I think I was the editor of Carcraft at that time. Yep. And she says hello to me, knows who I am and knows what I do. Oh, she knew. And I was she like, had amazing talent. Because I have to admit Still, that yeah. I was also in the elevator with Mr. Peterson. He had no idea who I was. Yeah. <laughs> I was the editor of Hot Rod Magazine, his number two magazine in the country. And he had well, no idea who I was. When I took but over she, sport, when I took yeah. over sport, he knew who I was because I think he had a lot of money in it and he was losing a lot of money in it. <laughs> so there was that all into so, it. So, so there's, there's, and, and, exactly. and to this day, when I see her at the show or something like that, she comes up and yeah. says hello and is a wonderful, wonderful yeah. person. Yep. Just fantastic. So yeah. can't say enough nice yeah. things she about was, her. She is super sharp. And yes. and uh, I mean, and you think about it, it's like when Peterson wanted to start like the SEMA show originally, right? Like Gigi's the one that like helped initiate and do all that kind of stuff and really make it happen when Alex was a part of it too. And she just made it into the SEMA hall of fame. And, um, and to me, I'm like, that's huge because, you know, everyone's like, Oh, she's just a secretary. And it's like, she's not just like, she's so far from it. That's right. Um, but it's, it's so important to know that like there is that path and that impact you can have on this industry. Um, in the like any position that you work in right so and and even more so for her because of the fact that it was all done sort of behind the scenes scenes. it was like not manipulative but but positive always positive and 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 so you know i've learned something already that i didn't know but yeah that's amazing so i'll tell you what my perspective on the whole deal with peterson was very different because when i was at sport um i knew him because i was the editor of sport they put me in that slot yeah that whole story is very funny, but I won't go into all that. I was literally, literally the, the last man standing for that one. So, but um, and then I went right to Motor Trend. Went down. And then I went to Motor Trend, and Motor uh-huh. Trend made a lot of money. Right. And I worked with Lee Kelly over there, and yeah. so they made a lot of money. But to be honest with you, Peterson was not that engaged with what was going on day to day. It no. was Gigi, Gigi who took care of business yes. and knew what was yes. going on, and and personal assistant secretary really doesn't do her justice. No, she, she was, she was almost like another general manager at the she, company. She was an operations manager yep. for yep. Peterson and she was, she's very sharp. She had two or three other mm-hmm. people, including my wife who worked with her for a, a number of years. And we got to know her very, very personally. And, uh, 
Super, super nice lady, but yeah, yeah, very sharp. Because Peterson, yeah. he wanted to go hunting. Right, he right. wanted to go hunting. He right. wanted to take his plane. Go to <laughs> yep. just yep. go up and uh, shoot rhinos or go, polar yeah. bears. <laughs> or polar, polar bears. bears. <laughs> yeah, nice. or polar bears. I always remember the Far Side cartoon. You know the deal where they have, they have the polar bear that's up like this. You know they, they do the taxidermy and he's yeah. big like that. Yeah. But the reality is he was like curled up like a like a bunny. <laughs> right, like, exactly. When, when he shot, him, shot, yeah, shot him from an airplane. Right. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsor, ARP-Bolts.com. we got a fantastic little backdrop here. They make it an outstanding series of bolts, almost anything you would need for engines, chassis, things like that. In fact, we were at lunch today, and a guy asked you about the, the, the bolt on the back of your shirt, and it was, and, it was really, and I said, well, it's really about a head bolt. They neck the, 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 the stem down of the bolt on a short, small-block Chevy head bolt, so the clamp load is even across three different head bolt lengths on a small-block Chevy. And, uh, you know, so that, that's the kind of technology that you get out of sure. ARP. And uh, we, we've all got stories on all that right. stuff. Well, but, for a uh, translation of what he said, call ARPbolts.com. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the message is that you can't get any better than that. No, you so cannot. There nope. you go. Nope. Excellent. And then just check them out at ARP-bolts.com. We'd like to thank our friends at InTheGarageMedia.com. They have three fantastic magazines. They've got Classic Truck Performance. They have Modern Rotting and my favorite, All Chevy Performance, with Nick, my buddy Nick, oh, you're the so editor. Biased. So Correct. yes, of course. Yes. But uh, they're doing print media, which yes. is uh, of course our favorite. So in uh, color magazine. and everything. In color and everything, yes. and and you can get your your car on the cover of one of those books, right. which is right. a fun no, deal. A great yeah. tech. Great tech. By you, you know, not always written by me, but yeah. People. Yeah. Not yeah. always written by me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just so pick it up and read it. at yes. InTheGarageMedia.com, and uh, they're our friends, and uh, they will thank you. So, so you mentioned Alex Zidius. So the, let's talk a little bit about the school because that's a very cool deal. Yeah. So, oof, I think it's been 10 years now. For Alex Zidius, maybe even longer than it's that. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. But it's been um, great, yeah. So... In Pomona at the Fairplex, um, which is literally like five minutes from where our shop was. Okay. Um, they already had like a ROP program or like a tech program there at the facility, but they wanted to make it a bigger automotive program instead of just a like a maintenance facility type thing. They okay. have quite a few different ones that go on like hospitality and ceramics and like other things, but they mm -hmm. wanted to make that one into like more of a stronger automotive base because all of the automotive schools have been taken out of high school. Right. And no more still, auto shops. No more yeah. auto shops. And right. so this is a high school based automotive shop. Mm -hmm. And so they brought in, I think it was like 50 different people. Um, we went down to the NHRA museum one night and um, they said, this is what we're trying to do. And we want, we're trying to put a board together. Who wants to be a part of it? Well, our dad was actually invited to come, but he invited my sister and I to join him. He's like, mm -hmm. come with us. I think you girls should also be a part of this or mm -hmm. at least hear about it. So um, we went down, went down there, heard the pitch, and we were like, yep, we want to be a part of this. Our dad... He got his start through all his, the ROP program through high school okay. and, you know, had a very successful body shop. I wasn't able to take auto shop in my high school because it just left the year before. Ugh. So I ended up taking auto shop in college. But um, I thought it was so important because for me, I wasn't the smart kid that got really high grades on everything, but automotive was really important to me. And I'm more of like a hands-on person once I And, and that was your motivation. And that was my motivation yeah. because it didn't mean that I wasn't smart. It just meant that I just, that part wasn't for me. Right. And 
I think like all the hands-on stuff part of schools um, is really important because there's a lot of kids that are going to excel at that or get the taste of something and that helps them with their future of where they want to go. And so we, my family became super uh, passionate about AXC and was like, nope, we want to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. So the board ended up assembling and there was about, 12 to 15 of us on the original board. And we've had some people come in and out, but my sister and I are the only two women on the board. Um, we're also the youngest on the wow, board. Wow. A lot of the people on there, it's so funny. A lot of them are a lot of older hot rod guys, right. to be honest with you, because they knew going to these shows and stuff there, they weren't getting the new generation coming in. Yeah, there's in. a mindset, sure, exactly. Right, so yeah. it's like the L.A. Roadsters were, like, huge and like, supporting it and saying, uh -huh. like, oh, we're going to support this. And then, like we said, like, you know, Pete Shapouris was a part of it, and um, and he brought in Alex, and Alex was super passionate about it and was like, we need to make sure this happens. And it was kind of like, okay, how do we raise money to do this? Mm -hmm. And... Um, Alex went to Gigi and said, this is what we're doing. It's going to be like, our classes are small. There are 12 students per class. So okay. they're, um, and the kids have to write an essay about why they're passionate about being part of it. Doesn't okay. mean they have to have like excellent grades and have to be like these scholarship kids. They just have to be passionate and tell us a story of why they're going to take this right. serious because we raise money. We're a nonprofit. We raise money that helps what we call a scholarship to pay mm -hmm. for them to be there. But they also get credits for high school credits for it okay and then at the end of it they yeah. take like a asc certification okay. classes for it but yeah. they're like the student ones yeah. yeah um so they get to go through the whole you know have you ever taken one of those asc tests no oh boy i have I they're tough yeah. they're tough they're very tough Are even they? the student one yeah um and then like um the so, so how many how many people are in class at any one time what's your there's 12 students 12 per, students per, per class. class and how many classes are going on at any one time well now we're up higher well covid kind of Mess that sure, up. but sure. I think we, normal, have, we have yeah. auto 101 through 104 uh -huh. and we have multiple 101s going on at a time so okay. like um we'll have probably like probably like six classes a semester I'm thinking uh -huh. up to okay. yeah yeah so, yeah okay. yeah okay so well, that's good. And that's they have to cool. they write an essay in order to be able to, to be selected yep. to be part of this mm -hmm. group yep right and is how are they you know, obviously there's a lot of kids and such, but uh, I mean, can any kid write an essay? And, any and kid. Yeah. Doesn't need a teacher sponsorship, doesn't need So we will else. ask the teacher um, through a um, interview sponsorship about the student and stuff so we can get that. But a little bit of background A little bit of background them, yeah. to find out where it is. Yeah. Um, we have students from all over that come. We have kids that ride their bicycles from really far away just to get make sure that they get to school. We have other ones that have taken um, the train to come in. Mm -hmm. wow. So right. um, most of them are local, though, mostly in Pomona schools because we're right there and it's a little yeah. bit easier for sure. them. But yeah. one of the most... So the, the downside is that some kid that lives in Iowa right. <laughs> doesn't have really a shot, right? So yeah, I know. So th this concept could, if, if there was funding for it, could that, expand throughout That the was always country. the help yeah. that, that I understood. That was the idea that it would be, it would go into other arenas and be able to be yeah. duplicated yeah. For, uh, for other folks. It wasn't just supposed to be Southern California. And there, yes. are, there are situations. I know my, my kids grew up in Iowa 
you know, and, and I went to my son's high school and his wrestling teacher, because he knew I was working for the magazine, showed me their auto shop. I was stunned yeah. at how cool it was. Right. And then they had a CNC place and they go to state every year. Their school goes to state every year and it does very, very well. Wow. So, and, yeah. I, and that was probably 15 years ago. So stay, yeah. stay for yeah. wrestling or for CNC? No, for CNC. <laughs> <laughs> Never got to state for wrestling, no. Or football. So. Well, I actually did one. Yeah, that's when right. my son was a senior, they went yeah. to they went to state and got oh, they got beat the first round. But that's okay, that's you know. Funny. Just getting there is a major yeah. achievement. So, and it's so and it, it, that's still the concept. Is that's to build still the this concept. Thing nationwide? Yeah, that's still the concept. And actually, um, SEMA Education actually did a like a program with like they were giving ve- like not giving but purchasing a older vehicle so like one of them was like a i think it was like a 06 uh jeep wrangler mm-hmm. um they took it to a school i think there were six of them that went throughout the united states and they went to certain schools that already had kind of an auto shop or had like specialty right to keep them alive keep if them nothing alive, else right yeah so it was really interesting i went to the one that was in um new mexico and i was the suspension specialist that went out there so i okay. went over um the suspension and geometry and showing them how everything interacts and works and so we did the install on that and you know i pulled apart um a coil over showed them how it works showed them how the internals work and stuff like that and these kids were super excited to sit there and see all that and a lot of people from our industry took their time to go out there for those classes to actually do that with the kids Uh um and afterwards the school had asked us like we really want this program to like be sustainable and how do we do this and since we had the axc platform already i was able to like tell them like oh we actually have this and so we we gave them kind of what the format was um And it's, you know, and I, right after that is when COVID kind of hit. So I don't know if they actually took it and ran with it or what they're doing with it now. But that was the basic idea of that we can actually get that out there. Um, And we have talked to SEMA, like, is this something you guys can help fund? Is this something the money that SEMA education goes towards starts helping put those automotive classes out there? Because um, it's kind of like how my sister has real deal with, um, that's her nonprofit for women, but it's mm-hmm. the same thing. It's like getting the tools and sparking the interest in the younger yeah. kids to let them know before they go and spend all this money on college or going to these right. schools, um, make sure that they find that, th- that what that niche is and let them know that there's, there's definitely jobs for you in this sure. industry. And, it, and it's getting increasingly complex and oh, yeah. difficult, which means you really need to start earlier. It's like we were talking earlier about, you know, where the, where the next generation of racers come from. <laughs> and they come from the young kids. And yeah. you have to start really young so that you have some level of competency. But without auto class, auto shop classes in the high schools, yeah. where do you know, a lot of these kids won't even start until they graduate high school. So anything they've learned has to be self-taught and you've got no money you've got no tools you got no yeah. place to work on it you don't know what you're doing you make you break right. a lot of stuff and you know it's really tough right because right. i think about have, that all the yeah. time it's right. like yeah. as complex as like hybrid cars are now right it's like good god i couldn't work on one if my life depended on right you know, i'd probably just electrocute <laughs> myself yeah. you know so it's like this is really difficult yeah and and so it's like and then i can't imagine somebody who's 18 going yeah i'm gonna work on hybrid cars it's like, yeah right. 
Well, they have to have okay. the opportunity like what Sarah had, which is her father was involved in it, her sister was involved in it. And that's about the only way it starts if there isn't some kind of right. mentoring that happens yeah. in that regard. Right. Because uh, the opportunity, you know, the tools, the tools are not cheap, you know. No. You've got all the other things that are required to do a proper job or else, yeah. you know. You know, laying but on the floor too many times, as we know, is you know you got to really have a lot of drive to be able to put you, up with you know yes, installing laying on your back on, on cold concrete, putting transmissions in by yourself. Yeah, exactly. so, so one yes. of the programs that we did actually um, with with AXC because we're at the Pomona at the Fairplex, it's also the NHRA drags are there, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the one of the opportunities we had was to sell all the programs, and then fifty percent of the money raised on programs went back to our school. So we actually had students out there selling the programs because we you know we show them everything. It's we one of Alex's big things and Pete's big thing is that these kids learn how to shake hands, have a conversation with people, look sure. them in the eye yeah. and go out to these shows and go to car shows for our school and interact with people, interact mm-hmm. with everyone. So like um, when we did that program afterwards I was one of the chaperones. Um, you know, we got to go watch the drag races. And these kids, I think I had seven kids with me, had never been to a race before. You okay. know, and a lot of them don't have, their family doesn't have the money to actually go to the races. Sure. Um, and the fact that we, I was like, oh, yeah, we get to walk around. And they got to walk by all the funny cars. <laughs> and top, and they're just, like, blown away. And the I'm technology like, is like all, I know, it gets you, right? Yeah. You'll never, like, forget that feeling of standing yep. next to a fuel a car, fuel car makes a pass. Right? Yeah. Right, like, right? Or walking by a pit and seeing these guys working on cars um, and just seeing that and seeing the kids like eyes just light up to be like, yeah. man, this is one of the future jobs I can have with the program that I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, yeah, like this is totally something you can do. Yeah. And they're like, we travel all, they travel all around and they get to go to different States and they get to be part of a race team. And it's like, that was, that was a really huge eye opening. I didn't think going into it that it was going to be like that impactful on them. Mm-hmm. And then us actually going and like watching the races and, you know, seeing it like it was probably one of the most exciting things for me, even though I go to the races all the time, all the time. Um, seeing it through people, kids that get so excited about yeah. it in their eyes. Yeah. And it was super impactful. I was like, wow, like yeah. this, you don't realize how many, I take it for granted that my dad took me to the races all the time. And when I was 18, I went to Frank Holly drag racing school and, ah, you know, yeah. and started, you know, I got to go in cars and do things. And like, that was opportunities I had, but yeah. not all these kids have those opportunities. Exactly. And yeah. um, so it was really, it was a really cool experience to, yeah. to see that kind of stuff. Well, so engagement is key. People yeah. having, you know, it's setting the table for people to see things and learn things and, and the things that they have no idea. I mean, if you don't know about it, yeah. How would you know about right, it? Right, How exactly. else would you experience it? Yeah. And what's a, what's a ticket to an NHRA race these days? You know, it's yeah. like hundred <laughs> bucks a piece, right. you know, so or cheap. or more if you want to go for the weekend. You know, know. it's uh, so <laughs> you, go, yeah, you can go here. <laughs> <laughs> you can go here or Disneyland. You know, yeah. so right. there you go. Yeah, it, yeah. So, but that that is the but opening that door is uh, amazing for those yeah. folks. You know, being able to see what goes. Because otherwise, on. if we don't do this, yeah. what's the future of the industry? Right. It's just right. going to get 
progressively smaller and smaller and we smaller. all become spectators yeah. is what right, happens. right we all right. become far you know far yeah. reaching we never I, touch anything we don't open a hood i had a uh, that engagement so. i had a good friend of mine when we um when we ran the front wheel drive cars in stock eliminator right a long time ago <laughs> so met this guy shortly uh, after the earth cooled yeah <laughs> <laughs> chuck winchester uh winchester and chuck norton and, and he was a he was actually a uh, principal, a, oh. a, a high school principal. Okay. And so I, we raced him at the night before the, the the weekend before the Winter Nationals. I raced him at, at Orange County, and he beat me. And but we became friends, you know. And then after first round, when you guys lost, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I won first round, I'm sitting. We next go to into him. that whole story <laughs> as to why that happened. Yeah, I was trying to keep my you, job. You, that's right. You <laughs> lost intentionally so that you wouldn't be embarrassed. I did, but it was bad. And, and so there's a bad I'm, reason. I'm, I'm Sitting yeah. in in the in the at the you know they, they keep all the cars at the end of the run yeah. you know all the first round winners and and uh, so we, we we had a chance to talk and he told me this story that relates to what you're talking about and as a high school principal he said he he had these English teachers come to him one day and said you know you know the football coach all he does is just monitor the library that's all he does <laughs> and he gets paid as much as we do and this sucks. Right. And yeah. we don't need this. This is stupid. You know, he should be a math teacher or something. Right. And and he goes, he goes, well, I, 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 let me let me give you this scenario. I'll paint this scenario for you. And then you tell me if you want to participate. What's going on? He says, so here's the deal. So as an English teacher, you have to take your five best kids and we're going to put your f- best five kids up against Pomona you know, high school over here, yeah. their best five kids every Friday night. And then it's going to be a different school every Friday night. And you're going to put your five kids up against them. And if they kick your ass, you know what the answer is going to be? The answer is going to be the teacher sucks. Obviously, these kids have never been educated. It's all the teacher's fault. It can't possibly be the kids aren't that smart. It's just the teacher sucks. Yeah. And you put your personal efforts on the line every Friday night. That's what that high school teacher does. That's what that football teacher, the football coach does. Right. Every Friday night, every he puts night. his yeah. his kids <laughs> up against those kids. And if he loses, it's the coach. If the kids win, it's the, the kids, kids. Right? Definitely. And, yeah. and he said, so you willing to do that? And they're like, hello? You know? It's yeah. like, no, I don't want to do that. That's a lot of extra work. And holy shit. And I said, well, now you've got a taste, just a little tiny taste of what he goes through every Friday night. Yeah. So I think you should be supporting him because he's putting out there. You, at the end of the day, walk home. And whether your kid goes on to become a, a college professor or a, or a professional writer or, or an editor or whatever, or you know, McDonald's. or works at McDonald's <laughs> doesn't matter to you gas because station. you're, yeah, you're working at the gas station in Ames, <laughs> Iowa, then it doesn't matter, you know? And, and, uh, so the other side of that is, um, I had a, I, in high school, I had a, I had a, uh, a chemistry teacher who I was failing. I was just, I was, I was in a nosedive. Right. And he realized that all he had to do was, was teach me something about chemistry that related to automobiles and Instantly, right. I had it, and it was like, and captured it forever. Yep. Never forget that. And, uh, and so he, he took an interest in me and made me stay after class and, and worked on me because he cared. Nice. It was his last year in high school. He, yeah. was like, he was like 70 years old. They were booting him out. And, um, and he says, so what are you going to do with your life after this is all over with? I'm going to open my own shop. This is what I'm going to do. And he goes, okay, well, uh, okay. But you still, you know, your mom made you take, chemistry because she wants you to go to college and you're not going to go to college because you used to stop at my gas station at, at nine o'clock on a, on a Wednesday night and go, why are you here? 
you know, when do you, when do you study? I said, my mom gets me up at five o'clock in the morning because she's a teacher <laughs> yeah. and we have just a time between us. I had four brothers and sisters and mm. it was our one time together. And this is, she made me do my homework when, at five o'clock in the morning because she knew I'd be fresh, right. feed me breakfast and then get to it. Yeah. And um, so, so then when I'm at Iowa State, like four years later, I run across him on campus. He's walking across campus. I go, Mr. Bruns, Mr. Bruns. He looks at me. I go, Jeff Smith, I was your troublemaker automotive guy in high school the last year of your class. He goes, and he goes, eyes open up and go, why are you here? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, want to write for a living because I decided that I was going to starve if I ever had to be a mechanic. And so, and one of the reasons I'm here is because you didn't wash me out of chemistry because without chemistry, I never would have got in here. Right. Awesome. And so... The point yeah, is that, huge. that it's yeah. huge. The opportunities to learn, you know, and then later I learned that everything in my technical writing relates to physics and chemistry. Yeah. My two worst subjects in high school because <laughs> I didn't think I, I didn't think I needed them. Right. right? And it yeah. turns out, no, you really do. And, yeah. but all the teacher had to do was say, look, there's a world here of chemistry in automotive, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. My, my favorite yeah. story is I set this Bunsen burner. I put a strip of magnesium in the Bunsen burner, caught on fire. You know, it's like a flare going up, right? Because that's, that's what flares are, magnesium. And the whole back of the, 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 the classroom catches, you know, it didn't catch on fire, but it lit way up yeah. like a flare you would do. How bright it is. And he's, and he's seen it a million times, walks over to me and goes, so, Mr. Smith, what did you learn from this little exercise? Because then what I did was I go, oh, so I threw it in the trough of water oh and that's yeah. when it went yeah. right? you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know and so he's he walked over very calmly and yeah the worst. yeah okay. oh because i added fuel to the fire right because right. it separates the hydrogen from the oxygen and bingo yeah, right so he goes so what you learn from that and i said well um that now i know why they use foam to put out the fire right. on on a, on a funny car that's got a magnesium parts Water, on it yeah, like the yeah. wheels are magnesium yeah. and water won't he goes he goes, you know, that's one of the better answers I've ever heard. So I'm not going to bring you into <laughs> attention because of this. But don't ever do this again. Aye, aye. Yeah. You know, but, but there you go. So, I mean, but he really cared, yeah. you know. And, yeah. and so all it takes a lot of times is for kids to, to have that opportunity, that learning opportunity or someone to care to say, yeah, it's, you know, it's okay to, you're, you're just a dumb kid. You don't know anything, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, and we're just exposes to you. And then hopefully you get something from it so you can go, this is cool. I want yeah. to be a part of this. So we'd like to thank our sponsor, ARP and ARP-Bolts.com. And, uh, I mean, we all three build cars. We all work yeah. on this stuff. Yep. And I, I tinker. Mean, you tinker. I we, tinker. Yes, we all build. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's, it's kind of a, a really cool multiple-purpose fastener for me because there's all the science and all the technology, which is bottomless. Trust me. Unbelievable amount of research that they put into these sure, things. Sure, Absolutely. And on top of it, you get them out of the, the package, and they're absolutely beautiful, which I've joked before. It's like jewelry for your right. car. When pre -oil. We're building yeah. a, when we're Yeah, and when we're building a high-end car, it, there isn't anything else going on. It I need, It's part of the criteria for right. me to have them lining the engine bay, not just on the engine, everywhere. Yeah. So right. you get all the strength, the durability, the reliability, and fantastic good looks. Right. Sure. Kind of like Jeff here. And without, yeah. without peer. Without peer. <laughs> with, and you know what? Or pair. With, with, without peer. There's, no, there's nobody else Correct. that does that what is, do. It is. So check them out at arp-bolts.com, and they can help you out. So we'd like to thank our friends at allamerican.com. 
They make some fantastic suspension pieces, coilover shock conversions. We put one on my Chevelle. Outstanding little piece of, of operation. I just did a story uh, on an El Camino. And on El Camino, El that's Camino. right. And it's in and, running uh, hot rod. Look at and, that. Yeah. 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 So, and then I, I think there's there's a little promo there's for... There's a promo code, CARGUY10. So when you're online, put in CARGUY10 and you will get 10% off. Look at that. Well, that's and, not bad. And we don't expect Absolutely. you to send any part of that back to us. No. So I think, I think you, we what? should really, really push that, right? You know, Absolutely. You're on your like own. some. You're on That's your right. own. Oh. So thanks again to AldenAmerican.com and uh, check them out. Cool. Yeah. So, so Sarah, what, your dad, we haven't mentioned his name. What's your yeah. dad's name? Oh, uh, Louis Morrison. Okay. <laughs> okay, Louis. So how's his shop doing? What's he doing? He's retired now. He's retired. <laughs> Good. So Good for him. Retired, yeah. So every day it's is Saturday now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're retired. Every day well, is Saturday. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Um, he retired a few years ago, uh-huh. and I would say that he retired, but he still has like a full shop in his backyard with <laughs> two employees. Well, sure, because, and a, yeah. Perfect. And a lift, and I think he's doing uh, like a 68 Bronco right now and a 57 nice. Chevy. And cool. He has a Corvette back there. And What, your Corvette? I don't even know. Uh, I just walk, I walk back there because he's always calling me. I need to order parts for this. I'm like, gosh, dad. Oh, yeah. You're <laughs> I thought the, you retired. You're the, procur- <laughs> you're the procurement expert, right? Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. the parts person. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think he's busier now than he was when he, uh, yes. before. But, yep. yeah. So 68 Bronco? Yeah, he's doing that's, the 60. That's how, oh. how expensive yep. are those yes. these days? Yes. I know, right? <laughs> They've gone off out, outside I, the planet, you know, in terms I, of value. I mean, yeah. I was helping somebody. I'm the car guy, of course, in my local neighborhood. So I get I help 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 everybody. Right. So I went and tried to help somebody sell their car, and I went and got some information and such. And while I'm sitting there talking to the guy, while he's getting information about what this car is valued at, which is basically nothing, um, <laughs> he tells me that there's a Bronco for sale for two hundred thousand dollars, and yeah. I'm like. Two hundred thousand dollars in, in for five a seventy Bronco. <laughs> And I'm like, is that real? And I don't know. Is that is that what they're going for? I mean, is that have you well, seen them ever that go that inflated. high? That's that sounds so stratospheric. I can't that, believe that sounds like a uh, almost like a retro build kind Belonged of. Belonged to Jimmy vehicle. Hoffa. <laughs> <laughs> He's buried in the back. Yeah, right, right. But, His ashes um, are in the back. I mean, right, but the prices uh, the prices on them are extremely high. I don't think I don't know about two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, but completely yeah. ridiculous. Right. It but is. I mean, we built a Bronco for Jay Leno a couple of years ago, uh-huh. 2019, really? uh-huh. that was debuted in the Ford booth at SEMA. Oh, I remember that car. Yeah, sure. the truck. Dark, yeah. Yep. Right. What, did, what did it have in it for a motor? Was it a... <laughs> Shoot, I know the answer to this. <laughs> it was one of their crate motors. Like their, okay, sure. Like yeah, their, okay. Like, um, right. So that was interesting because yeah. like how you're saying, we <laughs> had to figure out how to get it to fit into it. The motor. So it's probably illuminator. It was probably their, their, uh, Wide motor. their yeah. big, because their mod motor probably. Because that's yeah. a fairly big engine compartment to begin with. So dropping a small block forward would be easy. So obviously no, it, right. it was it was not, not easy. So like that we was could probably barely a, fit yeah, a piece was, of was a paper. Motor. And then yeah. we had to 3D print like half of the stuff so that it would all fit. Really? In wow. There. wow. Cool and then that? the wiring harness to try and fit underneath the dash so it oh, didn't yeah. look like it had it. Right. And then we couldn't get it to fire at first. So that was a whole other thing. But <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like car building. One of the classic SEMA stories, right? Like the thrash to get this thing done. It needs to run, and yeah, ah. that's always that's always the story. It's like it always gets there, and it looks so pretty, and we're like, right. <laughs>
<laughs> but all of everything takes. to get it there is a yeah. Whole and then it comes back, and then mm -hmm. you, and then oftentimes you have to work on it for a lot more to finish up all the little details. <laughs> yeah, especially that's, for something like for Jay Leno, you can't just hang it. Yeah, it doesn't run, but that's okay. You'll finish it. Yeah, that, that's the Steve Strope deal. Have yeah. you ever you ever been over by Steve's place? Just. Two weeks before SEMA. Yeah, it's... It's completely uh, ridiculous. It's insane. They are lit he's literally scraping employees off the ground because mm -hmm. yep. they've slept there all right. night. Right. Yep. You know, talk right. to Pete. Pete, 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 I think yeah. Pete we, goes to Disneyland. Yeah. There's, but, not uh, a, there's not a <laughs> time of the day or night or morning that you could stop by our shop before SEMA and we don't have a full crew there. I yeah. bet. And we I have bet. employees that are sleeping in the back of cars or on... For on foam or cardboard or so, whatever. Yeah, so, so, so think about the dedication involved with that. You have an employee who's not even going to go home because there's not enough time to go home. Oh, She's yeah. going to sleep right. for a few hours and get back in it again. Yeah, and you that's know, one and, of the and things that... Because so, you know, a lot of people are not... You know, It's like, well, you work more than nine hours a day or seven or six <laughs> hours a day? It's like, well, yeah, 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 you do because that's yeah. what it takes yeah. you know, to get the job done. Right. It's like, well, no. It's you know? actually awesome because, I mean, we... We have really great, we really, like really, really great really employees. employees. And a lot of them have worked there, you know, 25 plus years. Wow. And it's the, you know, same amount of time my sister and I have been working there. But I think what the difference is that we work alongside them. Yeah. You know, we're out there with them, working with them. Sure. Um, we've even had our office manager. She came out and started helping sanding parts and gluing things together. And her husband came by and started working on cars. <laughs> and I was like, we'll take it all. Like, <laughs> she's like, you I don't any, really know how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call your family members. <laughs> Everybody's a sander today. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, that's, I mean, they all understand how passionate we are. And it's like, if you don't True. get those passion employees, cause trust me, we have the ones that aren't there, right. the ones that come and go. And yeah, they can't the, all, the ones yeah. that, that are our, right. our big employees, they've, they've been with us for yeah. many, many years. And, um, and that takes commitment, like, you know, cause a lot yeah. of people are not willing to do that. Yeah. 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 And we That's even, great. we had changes this, you know, from after like the COVID thing through our shop and stuff. So we don't actually have those people working for us. But like when it came to SEMA this year, they showed back up and um, yeah. helped us out. And this year was probably the one of the hardest. Yeah. <laughs> hardest most, seamers, most, most challenging. Yes. Most challenging. I mean, we used to have a huge, you know, nice, pretty shop and all the employees and everything was right there. So um, we're in a new location right now. And it was a. It was a lot of, it was definitely a lot of challenges. Yeah. <laughs> my sister but that, would but probably be like, oh, challenges was an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> challenges uh, all in capital letters. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So it's, it's definitely like, you know, every time you say, I'm not going to be that SEMA crunch person that pulls 48 hour shifts, like every day for two weeks. So that's way more than 48 yeah. hours, but like you get your hour, two hours sleep every 48 hours and then get back out there, oh. you know, but um, it, no matter what you do to try and prevent that, it's everything's custom, though. You know, everything's yeah. custom. You're not everything you're not putting you're not assembling something. Right, and that you're and that's building part of the story. I think that people don't really appreciate. People who go to the SEMA show probably have no appreciation for how much <laughs> effort went into this whole thing. I just did a feature on uh, uh, Scott Sullivan's car, his '54 in Hot Rod, and yeah. and I so I called John McGann and I said I want to write this differently because I was. I was personally involved with the build of that car from 
from 1800 miles away because Scott was calling me literally every day <laughs> because he right. had this problem with electronics. And, and I was, I was the one that said, yeah, use these electronics. And then he was like, okay, it doesn't work. So how do I fix this? And literally every day we were, and it was uh, this whole <laughs> list of things. So, so we wrote the story about yeah. all the challenges. Cause he's a, he's a professional car builder. He's been right. doing yeah. this for 40 right. years. We've known yep. each other that long. And, and I, I wanted to tell the story about how difficult this was not to make him look bad. And we wrote it in such a way I, I explained to him what I wanted to do. And he goes, yeah, let's do this. That'll be fun. And, and I said, because, and I said, but I have to be, it's going to be tough to write because I don't want to make you sound like you're an idiot. You know, because we both know you aren't. Right. Right. You know, is it like a timeline? Is that what you did? Like this? Happened, it was this like happened? Well, yes, yeah. all these things right. that are, and most of them, as with like with when things happen to me, it's all self-imposed. In other words, yeah. I did something, <laughs> and then this 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 cascade effect occurred where yeah. it was like all of a sudden, yeah. boom, you get hit by this avalanche when yeah. it was a piece of, of ice that fell off a branch that went and it hits you with an avalanche. And it yeah. was like, you know, and we had to go back and find all these errors and then fix them and they get it all done. And I don't think people appreciate just how much effort goes in those cars. You go to the SEMA show, you see all these vehicles and you're like, oh, this is really cool. But yeah. if you talk to one person about the, the, the all the grief they went through to get the thing there, Dude, you would think, I, I don't, why would I want to do that? You know? yeah. But yeah, people do I, and, and it's crazy because um <laughs> well i mean i think a lot and it's funny because a lot of times people will go well you just bolted on parts right. and you're like right but what you don't understand too is like some of the vehicles are just bolt on parts right but mm -hmm. right. we're getting them like literally fresh off the printer from people that like just manufactured this part, right? It's yeah. brand new. They really haven't test fitted it yet. Yeah. They're bringing it down to us half the time. It's not even, everything's not even included in the box yet because their R and D department brought it to us. Mm -hmm. We're trying to test fit it. It doesn't fit, you know, then we're trying to make alterations to make it fit, but not look different because that's still their product that, is going to be debuted at the SEMA yeah, show. Yeah, so yeah. you can't make yeah. it really look different, but you have to make it fit, right? right so like right. you're literally trying to like, how do I alter your product? And you don't want to say like, this shit doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You built you built <laughs> it wrong. Sorry. You know, right, and now yeah. we got to fix it. You right. know, we got to fix it. And by the way, D-Day is today after tomorrow. Right. It's like, ah. Yeah, and it's a lot of times when people I go, dude, we're, we're getting people that I'm like, when are we going to get this product? Oh, you'll have it on Thursday. And it's like, I have to leave on <laughs> the Thursday. show. Like, Thursday yeah. I'll be, and you guys uh, still want photo shoots done and you still want yes. all this other stuff done yeah. in between all of right. that. And then we have right. to bring it back and redetail it. And hopefully yeah. something didn't happen. So I'm you like, bet. there's just all these other things that go into it and people just don't think about it. They think it's, you know, we bought it off the, off shelf, the shelf and, and it bolted, bolted on. And, and it's like, there. well, we did all of that and worked with a lot of the companies yep. to make yep. sure that stuff can bolt and, on and for that, when you that, get it. We have appreciation <laughs> for that because Cam and I would do stuff with the magazines. A lot of times we would get a part, mm -hmm. same thing. It's yep. like, yeah, it's a brand new part here. And, doesn't fit. and, and it doesn't yep. fit. It doesn't, you know. And yeah. then it's like, and then you have the, inter, it, the biggest issue was the interplay between two independent companies. You bolt this part on, bolt that part on, yep. and then it doesn't work. And, and so this company goes, they it's point that at each guy. Other. It's right. his problem. Yep. And then you're in the middle and you got to fix it yourself, yeah. you know? And so you, all of a sudden you realize you become an engineer yep. trying to fix all this stuff. Right. And then they and get the benefit from it. At the end you say, well, I right. figured out what it was. It was this <laughs> interplay and you, you know, you never, and it's not really the manufacturer's fault because they, they don't know how you're going to apply it. They have no idea. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. you're right. Like, I mean, working for magazines, so many times we do tech installs, right? And 
of course, they come out. They're going to do a tech install. They set everything up, and we go to try and put it on, and we're like, well, this doesn't fit. Like, And so it's the same thing. You think, well, it's a normal two-hour install. We can give X amount of time, and it's like something that should be so simple. Yeah. Took a whole entire day, if not two days. Yeah. And a lot of people don't see that that side of it, too. Right. It's like, oh, you right. got a page and a half tech install out of something that just took us two days because we were trying to install something right. that was simple. You've, right. You've just explained Jeff and my entire life. <laughs> that is our entire life. And every you know, time we go somewhere, it's going to be two, three hours. And my, it's my always, say, well, I'll be home in like four hours. Right, like, right. And then you get home at midnight and you go, where were you been? Well, well, you know, this happened and that happened and we had I to just take say right. the bar. We had to, we had to <laughs> say the bar now. I just yeah. at the bar. Say the bar or bowling. It was bowling. <laughs> it was bowling. Bowling. It was bowling. We went bowling last That's right. And uh, yeah. now I'm home, so everything's good, right? Right. Yeah. yeah sure. Okay. So, but, uh, so to, to bring it back to the women's side of it, I just had something that popped into my head. But I noticed at Indy that there were a couple of teams, or probably more. I just I didn't notice it at all that had women on their pit crews. That I yeah. thought was very cool, you know. And these were and these women were going over the wall to change tires. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was this was very cool. So actually, yeah. So um, I'm actually the chair elect for the SEMA Business Women's Network, mm-hmm. which is the women's side of SEMA, right? Uh-huh. And so this year we're doing an all-female build, and it's and 10 years ago when we did the first one, we got a lot of slack, like, oh, it took 50 women to build a car that one man can do. Um, and it was funny because that... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. W- <laughs> that usually is coming from someone who's never done that, yeah. right? Yeah, but it's like, no. In the, in the part that was really hard on the story when we were trying to tell it, and it's funny because I always, that one quote always, like, stuck with me or the one comment and I was like man this guy is either like really ignorant about how many people it took to build all the parts that you just bolted on mm-hmm. and don't tell me you didn't call a neighbor to come help you hold something or do something every once in a while right, so right. really like the whole part of um the first female bill was just show women in in the autom- in the automotive aftermarket side yeah. right just to show what their jobs were um so this year on our 10 year, we're actually doing the same thing, but we're doing a lot of the mentorship that we're bringing. Like I literally just got off a call with one of the people that's um, sponsoring the exhaust system for it. And I said, I need the women that work for your company. Like I need a list of all the women that work for your company and what their jobs are. And he's like, Oh, we have someone in an executive and we have someone in marketing. And I said, that's it. You have two women that work for your company. And he goes, no, we have a ton of women. We have women welders. We have people, women that run forklifts. We have no, women in shipping. I said, yeah, I need that list for all the women that yeah. work for your company. And he's yeah. like, really? And I'm like, this build is a tool because we're using it as a tool to highlight all the job opportunities that are out there. Sure. Not just what we can bolt on, improve that we can bolt on parts on a car or that we can you know that my sister can paint a car we we can prove that all day long like Mm -hmm. through social media like we need to show you know so we're going with a lot of women-owned company which a lot of people don't know there's women-owned company in automotive and there's some really big names in automotive that are women-owned companies so um we're trying to highlight all of that kind of stuff. And then we have a lot, we're bringing in all the scholarship winners and students to show all the different things. And um, there's a lot of women out there that actually do work, like you said, on NASCAR, Indy, and all these different things um, and are part of it. Like, uh, is it Jennifer, the, our one friend Jennifer, she works for Roush Yates. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, 
she was a quality control manager. I know she just moved up in the company, but she literally went there and she kept going, I'm going to work for Rashi Yates. I'm going to work for Rashi Yates. And wow. she's like, I will start sweeping. I will do whatever you want. And yep. um, she got in there and um, I think it was in 2018 or whatever. She was like one of the fastest um, engine builders. She could pull an engine apart and put it back together quicker than most of the NASCAR guys. But she was like, that's what I do all day long to make sure our parts fit great. Yeah. Yeah. Before it gets for, to them. Yeah. yeah. For three of the years when I worked at Flowmaster, uh, Winnie Fluger was the CEO, uh -huh. CEO yeah. president of Flowmaster. Yeah. She's a very, yeah. very good friend of mine. She was smart enough to make me VP of marketing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Right? Wise no. woman. Uh, Wise maybe, woman. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. No, no. She was, she was awesome and she was very sharp and she did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. She did a great job. Yeah. yeah. Super good so. friend. So there's lots of stories. Well, we'll have to come back and do this again because I, I think there's some, some probably <laughs> some killer SEMA disasters, right? The the, uh, the assembly SEMA disaster build. that happened that you <laughs> that you pulled pulled the rabbit out of the hat and made it fit, you know? No, we've because never done that. no, <laughs> everything of goes not. perfect. Everything goes just perfect, yeah. But because uh, I think those are fun stories, you know. Yeah. And it's like you know, it's and it's how how you survive and how or how you solve that issue that's like totally uh oh um, and then something innovative happens and it's yep. like i never would have thought of that had this never happened so a lot of times the best ideas come out of failures yeah you know and or or challenges that you have to fix so. yeah it's and like it's exactly i'm sorry good oh no it's exactly what you said there too because um when i was at sema this past year i was on one of the panels and i talked about one of the issues that came up and one of the guys comes to me after he's like you're not supposed to talk about issues it makes you look bad and I was like no it doesn't no and no. I was like every single one I'm so you didn't go through any issues this year and he goes yeah. well of course well, I of did course and I was like yeah it's just and, <laughs> and you don't want to make it sound like I'm like that, we also that, fixed that, it and it we're was here also magic you know it's like I had I had a I had a reader one time say you know you you showed an engine that blew up on you in the magazine I said yeah because I wanted the readers to understand how it happened this is what I did, and this yeah. is what happened as a result of it. Yeah. Don't do that. Right. <laughs> because right. if you do, right. it's going to blow up in your face. Don't step on that <laughs> landmine because it'll blow your foot off. It's like your Custer and shirt with the uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> saw this great T-shirt on, on Facebook, and it, it's a picture, uh, it's lithograph of C Colonel Custer, right? Oh, yeah. George, George Custer. And underneath it, it goes, uh-oh. <laughs> it's just, I have to get that T-shirt because it's like so yeah. perfect. It's like, perfect. you know, it goes on top of the hill and it goes, uh-oh. <laughs> I stepped on it this time. So so we'll do this again. I think yeah. this is a lot of fun. And and thank you for telling us all about the Seema, you know, Seema's involvement and your involvement. It's fantastic. It's really awesome. great. Well, well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this really has been a lot of fun. So we'll do this again. We want to thank our friends at ARP-Bolts.com. I'm also in, I also enunciate. My mother was a speech teacher. So at five um, at five a.m. at yeah, five a.m. That's right. You know the, the Smith kids will never have bad speech patterns. So right. and so anyway, <laughs> I don't know why we had to tell you that. We're so having we, a good time here, right? Yes, 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 we are. So, yes, we are. Thank you for hanging out with us, and we'll tell you some more stories later. <laughs>